Travels with John Smith Year 1 Chapter 9 New Year's Eve I am looking out at the Yangtze River from the 24th floor of the Marco Polo Hotel in Hankou, one of the three cities that blend into what is called Wuhan. There are paper lanterns drifting into the night sky, each one lit with and held until it's time to let go, when the air from the flame inside it becomes hot enough to lift it into the atmosphere. They are sent into the sky with a wish, and the sight of these glowing lights traveling towards the heavens is a beautiful one for the eyes and the soul. We have booked into this lovely hotel along with some of the other teachers from the school, as a New Year's Eve treat. Being here is like being a sailor who has not seen any land or civilization for a long time. The rooms are beautiful, spacious, and have a big bathtub. There is a huge separate shower, a big flat-screen TV with loads of English channels and an amazing view. The same room in Vancouver would be at least $500 a night, and here it is $100. We are with Buck and Megan at a hot pot restaurant in Hankou having lunch. A hot pot is a large boiling pot of stock and chili oil split into two sides in a metal container over a gas fire in the middle of your table. You order lots of raw meat and vegetables and drop them in the other side, much like a fondue, but more like a giant soup that you then share. Megan and Buck are both very good-looking people and look like they have stepped out of a fashion magazine at the best of times. We go shopping for New Year's Eve outfits, and it is nice to go shopping with people who enjoy it as much as we do. We feed our shopping addiction and rush back to change for dinner. Bach is a friendly guy and knows a couple of words in Mandarin and must have a good accent because every time he says something to a waiter or taxi driver, they launch into trying to have a conversation with him. And then as he repeats over and over that he doesn't understand them, they look either amused or confused. We gladly handed the responsibility of getting things and going places to him on this trip. He and Megan have been taking private lessons and know some essential words that we still do not. I feel ashamed at the lack of progress I have been making. John has at least learned the numbers. John is wearing a black, slightly shiny Yao Ming suit. That's what John calls it, as he saw a picture of the China's star basketball player with the same suit on. And I am wearing a metallic, very shiny, like fine chainmail mini dress. We go to a pricey but tasty restaurant for food that does not have the taste of China with a few of the other teachers. As in most parts of the world on New Year's Eve, it is difficult to get back to the hotel as there are no taxis available. We are in a bar near the hotel billed as Wuhan's first jazz and blues club. The band is Chinese, and though sometimes it is hard to hear the words of some of the songs, 
but who can understand Joe Cocker's songs anyway. They are tight and good musicians. A couple of us try to dance in front of the stage, but we are ushered to an upstairs area where there are couches, which suits the side of me that thinks we need to be in a VIP area, and a floor area big enough to stomp around on. The floor seems to bounce a little too much, so I am not sure how close we are to being in the news tomorrow as the casualties of a collapsing floor. It's midnight, and we bring in the new year in a place that feels like home with some lovely people. The band are on a break, and John and I are about to leave. Buck says he spoke to the owner, and we can get up on stage if we want. Bryn, Buck, and Andre, the owner, and I jam the song Rock Me Baby, which I love singing because I can belt it out and there aren't many lyrics to remember. I called John up to the stage to do Hushwa Badao, John's blues song in Mandarin. Andre takes our names and numbers and asks which part of Wuhan we live in. I say Wuchong. And he says he has a smaller club there too, so who knows, we may get a gig there. Great way to end the evening. It's morning, and I'm in the hotel swimming pool, which is heaven. They tell us we must wear bathing caps in the pool. John and I are the only ones here. There is a beautiful view of the Yangtze River from the hot tub. We watch the highlights of the fireworks in London, Hong Kong, and Sydney, and surf the English TV channels for news of what is happening in the world. We notice there is a New Year's buffet brunch in the hotel cafe, so we indulge ourselves. It is amazing. Every food you can think of, and there is no taste of China. There is roast chicken, vegetables, sushi, French cheese, breads, and dessert of every kind, etc. We walk along the Yangtze River. It is an end-of-the-world day, but the sun is trying to break through, so it is like the moon or a white metal disc in the sky. People are flying kites of every description on the riverbank. There are colorful giant fish, snakes and eagles in the sky. People smile and say, Happy New Year. From a distance, the beach looks like a place where we might have picnics on a Sunday. But as we get closer, we see it is pebbles and mostly dirt with lots of cigarette butts and bits of plastic washing up on the beach. John skips some stones into the river. We see a black bin liner bag wash up on the shore that looks like it may have contained a body in it. I have watched too much Dexter. It sits bobbing on the shoreline next to po people posing for a picture. We walk as far as the ferry terminal as we want to catch a ferry back over to Wuchang. We buy two tickets and move into a floating area that appears to be a waiting room but I wonder if it is the actual ferry. John doesn't think it is. I ask several people if they speak English, but no one does. I show the ticket to someone, and he points to another area where we wait until a small boat that holds about 25 people comes speeding up to the dock. 
People are now crowding towards the boat, so we join them and almost get knocked into the Yangtze while trying to get into the boat. The captain starts the engine before we are on it, and I wonder if they will speed away while one foot is on the dock and the other in the boat. We get on and even get a seat, but not together. We get to the other side of the river, and the thought of catching what would add up to two buses and another two hours fills me with horror after the relaxing weekend we just had. We decide to take a taxi. There is freshly washed laundry hung on hangers outside almost all of the windows of the apartments we pass, and alongside the laundry there are ducks or fish or slabs of meat hanging too, drying in the air and the winter sun. We have some Coke Zeros on our balcony at the school, and they have to be wiped off with a cloth to get the deep layer of dust off. I wonder how this is done with meat or fish. We stay in for the rest of the evening. We turn on the heater full blast while we watch movies, so it is toasty and warm in the apartment. The heaters in the apartment are large, standing heaters that double as air conditioners in the summer. The apartments are cold, as there is no central heating, and on the coldest days, the floors are freezing, and any part of your body that isn't right in front of the airflow, for example, an arm or a leg, will be cold while the rest of you is boiling. There is lighted display on the front showing what the temperature is. It says it is 26 degrees centigrade in the room. I am sitting by myself in the living room in the dark when it makes a very strange sound, like a human sigh. It stops and the display reads high, as in H-I. I have never seen it do this, and have been telling John there are ghosts in this building since we got here. Are they communicating with me? I turn it off and decide it is time to go to bed. To celebrate having Monday off, we are in, yes I do, a hairdressing chain to get our hair cut, as we are both looking a little neglected and wild and not in a good way. John says the place should be called No I Can't. So I decide it may be a risk to get my highlights done. We are taken to a part of the salon where there are rubber beds separated by cloth curtains. The beds tilt backwards, so you do not need to put your head in a brace and hold your head backwards, getting a sore neck, as you would in the salons in the West. You are not given a rubber apron to protect your clothes from getting wet either, nor do you need one as your hair is then washed with such gentle care, no water is splashed upwards, and the water flows backwards down a built-in drain. I feel myself falling asleep, as I am given the best head massage I have ever had, while the conditioner is being worked into my hair. No gossip is exchanged during the cut, and my hairdresser needs no explanation. He looks like a a young Johnny Cash, and he smiles, shows me where he will part my hair, and I nod. He gives me a knowing glance regarding 
adding a curl and I confirm with another nod. No words are exchanged and it is a very relaxing experience. John and I both like our hair. John is in the living room and I am in the other room. He yells, saying the heater was on full blast but made a funny noise and quit. I come back into the room and see the same message I had. Hi. John moves closer and listens as it continues to make strange noises, like a ghost trapped inside. The display drops to 11 degrees centigrade. He puts his ear up against the area where the heat blows out and is blasted with a huge cloud of vapor. Then it starts up again and registers 26 degrees centigrade. Our ghost has a good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. 